Here we go. Who's the best show here? Jack Show! Who's the best show here? Jack Show! Good, that's the best one yet. I am short. Pizza, pizza. Bingo! Showtime! My fly is open. I go to pull the, the tubing off of the hot end and it wouldn't come off. You were making egg foo young in the kitchen. I was in the dining room having sushi. It's a little thing to show when that's fact. If you don't like the gas, you can skid up your ass. Ain't no funny duddies that I'll link it bad. For the show, then go to record DLNGS. Dot O. And I see Jellies of Linux, they shout it. Bound Tech Show. Just sit right there, go to Gallows, just about to begin. Welcome to episode, what is it, Dave? 1031. 1031 of the Linux League Tech Show. On the show tonight, we have Dave. Yep. And Murph's in the background there, too. Good evening, oh. gentlemen. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, Murph. I'm going to, in case you have to leave and I don't want to keep you stuck around. Um, we're watching some YouTube channels today and, uh, my wife is like really into the, uh, Rundown towns, particularly in the Pennsylvania area, maybe Ohio, Pennsylvania. And we try to get close as we can to the Lehigh Valley. And there's this one guy who is going, who likes to go through like defunct malls or malls that are like on their last leg. And so, yeah, he went to, um, Whitehall Mall in the Lehigh Valley and South Mall in the Lehigh Valley. You're familiar with those two places, right, Murph? I think. hate to tell you, not terribly, no. But So the Whitehall Mall was not too far away where we had some of those lug meetings at the diner. I think maybe you might have shown up at those in um, near the Lehigh Valley Mall. Maybe? No, no, I never made it to the diner ones. Oh, uh, okay. Well, there, there's another one uh, that he put out this year on the South Mall, which he was saying... The impetus for this one was because they put in a, a retro arcade in the South Mall. And it looks pretty cool. It's got a lot of old pinball machines and arcade games. And what it doesn't have a lot, I, I don't even know if they have any of them, are the ticket-based games, which is cool. There's a lot of arcade games these days. You go in and it's like pretty much 90% ticket-based games, and then you have one or two stand-up arcade cabinets, and a few pinball machines. But anyway, that's not too far from you. He does a lot of stuff. And I think the guy that, that did the one on the South Mall and the Whitehall Mall is actually from uh, the western side of Jersey, close to Phillipsburg. And he does a lot of Jersey locations. But don't ask me which ones because I was – focusing on the Pennsylvania. But there you go, Mer. Yeah, they actually just shut down the Phillipsburg Mall a few years ago, I think, so I bet he did that one, too. Yeah, no, he went, that's right, that Phillipsburg Mall was on there. He went there and filmed it before they shut it down, like right before. And and I think he did that because that's, like, right near where he lives. But that, did, did that make you sad? What? Uh, you know, that wasn't one of my, you know, places I went to that often, but the, the last time I went there to look at something, uh, they were already closed, so I didn't even see any of the in-between stuff. Oh, look at that. Murph doesn't care. Nostalgia be damned, right? 
Well, nostalgia for places that I don't go to, not so much. Yeah. I think he's disappointed you weren't sad, Murph. Yeah. <laughs> Show some emotion, Murph. It's like he was trying to make you sad. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Murph. <laughs> don't toy with my emotions, Dan. Don't do it. <laughs> no, but, you know, I was, I was really excited to see the South Mall one because I had – now, the Whitehall Mall was the same way. I spent a lot of time as a young kid – um, probably before the age of 10 at the Whitehall Mall, before Lehigh Valley Mall opened, and then we never really went to the Whitehall Mall. But the South Mall, I spent a lot more time at as a teenager into um, my 30s because that is the mall my mom liked to go to, which was closer to her place where she lived. And seeing the mall there and when he went up to it like from two years even the last one uh when he went into the arcade it's all the shops are like pretty much closed there's a lot of vacant shops uh the big anchor store steinmart which i think was the last one there and bonton and then uh there was a third one in there that changed hands so many times i don't know what it was the last time there it was it was kind of sad to see those places close, like places that I stood in front of or the pebbled wall of Bonton, which is so iconic to look at from my time back in the day. And it's just, it's abandoned and on its way out. It was kind of sad. It, it brought a lump to my throat, Murph. These are actually dead malls. This guy got inside and walked around in, or or just well, or dying uh, malls. I the only malls that I looked at again, the White Hall and the Lehigh Valley and, and the South Mall are not dead yet. Um, Phillipsburg is dead, and I think he went there right before. Now he has some other ones on there, and I don't know if he actually has gone around to an inside of dead malls. Some of the other places that we looked at. Where he went around the more central towns, coal mining area towns, north central Pennsylvania towns that we were somewhat familiar with by name had a lot of abandoned stores and hotels. And some of those he did go into if they weren't blocked off by fences or no trespassing signs but if he could find a way to get there without breaking a law so to speak then he showed some of that stuff but most of it was just looking at the outer facade yeah, it's funny i was in uh i was out visiting my mom over the summer and uh i was at one of the whole, one of the malls around harrisburg and that was uh not dead yet, but certainly uh, going to be pining for the fjords pretty soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. Um, now apparently from the the video that he made originally of the South Mall, and then the one where he went back to go to the arcade, it did look like there was some more stores that were going in there. He even mentioned that, and there were more people shopping in the mall. We we noticed that too. Um, my kids had gone to Greenbrier Mall down here which was like really dying the last time we were there but they said that there was a lot more people showing up in malls and we had gone to um i don't think i, I mentioned i think i did mention this barnes and noble a couple of weeks ago yeah. and we were surprised 
by how many people were actually in there and shopping. And it seemed that the magazine selection had grown since the last time I had been in a Barnes and Noble, which was about a year before that. And prior to that was like two or three years before that. Um, but it seemed like they were making a bit of a comeback. And, and hopefully what, what I thought was kind of, um, parasitic is that he walked into the South Mall and no sooner had he walked into the South Mall, uh, this a couple months ago, then there is inside a, an Amazon drop off location. And I'm like, man, come on. <laughs> you, you, you guys are the primary reason these malls are dying and uh, like you have a drop off, uh, box. And I don't quite get those, I guess. I'm, I mean, have you guys ever had a problem with somebody nicking your packages? No, nah, I live on a dead end street and. That's not an issue for me. People don't even come down my street. No, not not for us, but uh, on the uh, some of the neighbors type apps that I've used, uh, everybody's getting stuff lost. People huh. just leave stuff out. Yeah, we. I've never had a problem. Like my neighbor leaves crap on his uh, that comes to his house for like two or three days sometimes out front, and it's still there. So we we never have problems. Um, I don't know anybody that's had any problems. Apparently, and I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. I just there there's like a proliferation I see now of the Amazon drop off locations being like near CVS or outside of Wawa. They have them now, and and gas stations. It's interesting. Before you get off the dead mall uh, topic, you, you know about dead, deadmalls.com, don't you? I think I've heard of it. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah, it's not been updated, I don't think, since January 2022. But they, they list by state uh, dead malls and, and have a little icon showing you which ones have pictures. And I, I don't see – did you say North Hills Mall? Northfield? No, what was the name of the malls you were talking about? I was talking about South Mall. Whitehall Mall and Murph had brought up Phillipsburg Mall. Okay, none of those are listed under Pennsylvania. This site needs to be updated. You should send them a, a nasty message. <laughs> Damn. There's that. There's also that town. Have you ever been out to that town, uh, Centralia, Murph? The town that's been burning for like a century? Well, I've no, I've never that. actually been there. I've driven past it on 81, but uh haven't actually stopped there. Okay, yeah. What is is it isn't it that they had a there's a sinkhole and they threw a bunch of tires into it and then it caught fire and it's been burning for like a century? No, I think it was a coal mine actually. Oh, it's so a coal, the coal is, that, is burning is that the coal and will burn forever. Where's the tire one? I saw a link to that Centralia's town uh, earlier this week. Okay, I guess I guess I, I somehow misunderstood. I thought at one time they had said that people were throwing tires down a sinkhole and they caught fire, but the Centralia is a mine fire. So that, that one is a coal seam fire. That's crazy, man. Isn't that crazy? For yeah, it's been going years, for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dave, you could probably get a nice house there real cheap. 
I'm set for houses. <laughs> you, you tell them I survived chlorine gas. Now give me this place. <laughs> Can't be that bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Oh. Anyway, I I didn't do much technologies this this week. I've been focused on fixing that damn problem with use effect and. What what I found really interesting about that problem is that if you're looking at the actual documentation and how they say about solving dependencies, there is an um, updated like coming uh, at alpha, I'm going to say a non-supported feature yet that they're working on that is supposed to like fall down on the side of, well, we understand that people want to use this in a way that I guess the developers never intended and are starting to maybe open the avenue for them to do that. So it's, it's interesting. I'm trying to, trying to remember where, where that option is and I can't find it in the documentation. It's an experimental one. Oh, yeah, it's an experimental ABHUD. So it says, sometimes you'll want to read the lightest properties and state of from an effect without reacting to them, which is kind of like what they want to do. It's like, we don't want to necessarily react to this group of properties. It's only a set other group of properties, but we have to declare them. Um, and the, you run the risk of it when you declare... If you don't, if you're not careful enough, if you declare all the necessary dependencies and you're updating states inside of there, you can easily run into a, an infinite loop whereby you're watching the state of an object or a function and when it changes, your effect then further alters something that would change another thing that might be in that object, a property of that object, which in turn fires the effect again, which causes it to change the, you know, and you get into this circular thing, a loop that never, that just keeps firing off. And it's very easy to do. And the weird thing about it is if you're not paying attention, like the biggest way that you would see this being a problem is if you had the developer tools on there and you were inspecting um, the page while looking at the console output and it will show you uh, all of a sudden that it starts rerunning that effect multiple times. You'll just see it incrementing over and over in the console. And, and on the page, you might not necessarily see anything at all. Um, a couple of times when I was solving problems, uh, resolving these issues, I would run into a thing where we were using WordPress um, the Gutenberg blocks, which, uh, do you guys use WordPress? Nope, nope not in my world. Uh, all right, so um, Gutenberg 
I, I don't know if you guys have ever used WordPress in the past, but I, I don't know how long ago it was, um, at least five years, I'm going to say, I think it's been, that they have switched to the Gutenberg block editor for their interface. And the way that that operates is in, in, in the old style, it was just basically you had the page which you would add elements to the page kind of almost like a WYSIWYG editor for HTML. Um, but the way, so when you're typing something in and you're adding your components, images and stuff like that on the page, uh, it was just all one canvas. Look at it that way. Whereas with the block editor, you are working in not with, just a canvas you're working with blocks instead and those blocks could be like a paragraph or an image or um, a video or a gallery different things like that different types of blocks that they have and what that block editor allowed us to do is to create our own custom blocks that would work with our content a lot easier. So what can happen when you're creating a block? Some of those blocks are kind of interactive in a way. For instance, an image block or what we call a pool quote or an embed block. What you would do is when you insert that block and add your content to it, when you save that block or click off it, it might condense itself into a less informative presence on the page. Whereas if you would click into an image block, it would expand a bit and show you a caption field that you can edit and then information about the creation time and who created it and who modified and all that stuff. And then when you cancel or click off it or save it, it'll collapse a little bit more to just maybe have the image on there without the information, um, extraneous information. And what would end up happening is if you're not careful, solving for the effect dependencies in this block could result in a loop that you go in and click on the block and and make a change into the block and then you save it and then you go to en click on the block again and it ends up in this state where it's constantly re-rendering re that block so it's like you click on it and then it automatically closes on you then you click on it again and it automatically closes on you so you can't do anything because you're stuck in that kind of loop that's the kind of things that that also could happen as opposed to just a an effect firing off and not doing anything to change the state on the page, which you wouldn't notice unless you're going to be looking through the console log. Um, or until it consumed too much memory and crashed the browser tab or browser itself. But it was fun stuff, and I was – this is the way it always happens. It was a real – challenge and I learned a heck of a lot but I was getting to that point where I pretty kind of understood it and to fix some of the problems seemed to be 
more getting close to maybe having to refactor how things were being done. And I believe it was close to 52 errors it had found. They weren't actually errors. They were warnings, dependency warnings. And those 52 warnings, when we would utilize them within our automated testing for pull requests, having those warnings in there would trip an error on our automated testing. Um, so we wanted to get those resolved. And it was becoming an issue where I, it was almost like every time I would figure out one and I would get that and I'm like, oh, well, then I should be able to take what I've learned here and apply it over here. And then it was a whole other uh, mess of how to fix this other one. Um, and I got it. I, I really felt confident on Monday that I had gotten it. And I started applying it, and it looked like everything was working, and I was proud of myself. I had help from another colleague who assisted me with this and did uh, really pointed me in the right direction to how to fix these things and implementing that, and everything looked to be good. And I was doing extensive testing on it and realized that I had in introduced an, a weird behavior that it would – when it would render the page, you would first add the block on there and put the content into it and save it, and everything would look fine. Then when you reloaded the page, the the block would show up, but it wouldn't have any of the information in it, like all the information was gone. And if you put the information in there again and save it, it would kind of throw an error in the background, but it would let you do it. And then if you reloaded the page, the content was gone. And it all – like it started to become really frustrating – um, so a lot of people were saying, as I was working on this and talking with people, a lot of people on my team were like, who, who know a lot more than I do of, of JavaScript and React in particular, were saying, uh, this is, this is kind of a pain in the butt and it's a little confusing. Um, it seems to be a little heavier lift then what this ticket is saying to do, maybe we should start breaking these things out. And and sure enough, that next day I was playing around with it. I'm like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break these individual pages out into separate JIRA tickets. And, and wouldn't you know, I put that first ticket in there and then I went to, I think it was I went to go make my lunch and I was rolling over my head and I'm like, well, wait a minute. I think I know what the problem is. And sure enough, I went back and, and solved the problem at that point, and and it was working fine. And that's because I put the ticket in. You know what I mean? Once you make that ticket, then you solve the problem for yourself. Uh, and then I was talking with some other people to make sure I had done it. What I had done seemed to be right, and it looked like this was a good candidate. And and I started implementing it repeatedly because it was like a bunch of these components all worked in the same way and had to have a similar fix. And I was working my way through that. And then another guy who was working on a separate ticket for the upgrade to WordPress 641 and battling with the compatibility issues that he had had there said to me, um, as I was about, I brought down the, the errors from around 52 to 25 
And he said to me, he's like, maybe you should stop doing this because I think some of this stuff is going to change or be corrected by the changes I'm making with what I need to do for 641. And I'm like, oh, God, come on, man. Just when I figured it out, that sucks. You know what I'm saying, Dave? That sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I said, Dave would not tolerate this. <laughs> maybe Murph would, but Dave would. But it was... uh. That has been an interesting thing. I have not had the opportunity yet to tackle this broken uh, laptop screen, and it's just sitting here taunting me. But I, I, I hopefully sometime soon I look forward to doing that. And there we are. What about you, Dave or Murph? What have you guys been up to? <laughs> I replaced the battery in my UPS. I can't remember if I mentioned that last week or not. And uh when I plugged it all back up, my really loud uh Dell Optiplex or Power Edge R710, it was super loud. I mean, the fans were running. There's five fans that was running full blast. I could hear it on the other side of the house. And I, <laughs> your I reboot, wife said no way, right? Well, I rebooted it. I, I did everything I could to, to try to figure out. And I was, I was looking at, uh, updating the bias or the eye track or, or anything. I, I was trying to think, you know, did something break? I, I've not opened it in a while. I know there's an intrusion detection thing in there that can break and that can cause it. But anyway, the solution was to unplug it. It's got dual power supply. So I unplugged both of them. And I held down the power button, unplugged, for 15 seconds. Plugged it back up, and the fans have been quiet ever since. I don't know why that worked, but I read that it might work, and it did. That is weird. That's really weird. Now, it's funny. I had the opposite problem. My uh, UPS failed me. Uh, I had replaced the batteries about two years ago and uh, brought the batteries back to the place where I bought them. They tested them. They were all good. So it looks like my actual UPS itself died. So now I've got extra batteries with, uh, I'm going to toss the UPS. Uh, I was afraid you- that was going to happen to mine. I took my battery in and had them tested. I think it was pulling 10.8 volts. So I figured that's probably what it was. Should have been pulling 12. So did you get the same model again, Murph? Or can you get that same model so you could just reuse the same batteries? Well, what's funny is I had a small UPS on my stereo. What I did was I put one of those two batteries in that because I thought that battery was bad. I got that one test. That one was good, too. So I've got a slightly smaller, well, it's a considerably smaller UPS on my main system. But it's not like I have to ride out long power outages with it. I just want it to either give me enough time to shut it down or if I'm not here, at least the UPS, if there was a power outage and like a brownout, the UPS is going to run as long as it can and then shut off clean. And, you know, it'll be a, you know, a, not a proper shut shutdown like from the software, but at least it'll just turn off once and stay off. So that's good enough for what I need. That's, that's why I have one. I, I was getting tired of, we have brownouts here and I had a, my Plex server's got like 10 USB hard drives on it and it would, it would, I'd have to run a, a disc check on it like every time we had a brownout. But not anymore, not with this, but. I'll tell you what, I hate, I hate messing with UPS stuff because that's what I have, like my, my modem and my switch and my router 
and the the couple servers I have, I have all that stuff on there, and it's a pain in the ass when you got to shut everything down to mess with the UPS and then bring it all back up. So I'm always worried something's going to go bad. Like, um, when I have to deal with the, the USG gateway, which I have backups of and all sorts of stuff, but it, it, I have to use the, the software. Like they have a, um, the, the software that you use to interact with it. Because it's like a business class thing that they – you can do stuff by SSH into the device or connecting to the, the device over um, a browser. But realistically, you're supposed to use their, their software. Who is that? Um, Uni, Uni Systems software or whatever it is. Uh, so my cable provider, Cox, had sent out a modem and it arrived, I think, the day – of the show last week and I had to replace it. They're like, it, it's a real simple thing, but it could take up to an hour for it to initialize and connect and be workable. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll do it, you know, first thing in the morning when I get up to work out because nobody's up and nobody needs it and it should be fine. But the plug was larger than the old one. So the old one had like a regular plug that had a, a cord into like one of the boxes that went out then to the modem. And this one, they did that thing where it's just a fat-ass plug head that has a cord going out to the modem. So, of course, where the old one was, I couldn't fit the new plug into there, I had to move some other stuff and that happened to be the same stuff, you know, the same connection where the Unis's gateway was on there. So I had to shut all that crap down so I could get this thing moved around into a plug that I can put it on, which was a pain in the ass. And I was surprised. Everything came up really fast. Um, I didn't have to wait an hour uh, the USG typically takes like three to five minutes to come up and initialize. It, it didn't feel like it took that long. And as soon as that was ready to go, it, the modem had already connected to the, um, done whatever it needed to do. And I was good to go. Everything was up and working properly. So I was very pleased with that. Not the same kind of UPS story, Dave or Murph. Yeah. But the impact that it had. My UPS is a piece of crap, and uh, when this one dies completely, I'll get a better one. But this one's this one's pretty bad. How <laughs> long? How long is it? How long have you had it for? Uh, I want to say it five years. I mean, it's lasted and it's it's done its job. But they're much better ones. Yeah, mine are both pretty old, but they hung in there for a long time. They really don't owe me anything at this point. I'm trying to see how long ago it was. I think I got mine off of Amazon. That's where I got this one. It's it's, it's like the bottom of the line smart trip light. I mean, it's 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 a two hundred and fifty dollar UPS, and uh, but it it's it's lasted. It's, it, I've got two servers in my my router, and 
modem attached to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's been... Oh, wow. I, I'm trying to see when I ordered this, and I'm not seeing it in my order history, which makes me think that I might have ordered this UPS on my old Amazon account, and that's going back like seven or eight years now. So this thing's been chugging along for a while, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, Dave. I don't know. I'm having to check my my order history. Everybody's uh, checking their order history. <laughs> do you use a password manager, Dan? I do. Which and one do you use? I love my password manager, but it is absolutely no frills, and it's getting to be a challenge to move... Uh, uh, get installed on, on newer systems. I use, um, the original old version of PW Safe. Okay. Which was completely command line and not to be confused with the new version of PW, uh, Safe, which I think, I know it has a graphical user interface that, that you can do and I don't know what other things it does. It doesn't integrate with anything. So I have two different databases, a work one, and I have my home one. And usually I would have been able to move that around between systems. But for some reason, when I did Manjaro here and the latest version of Arch, it's not compiling properly for some reason and I'm not quite sure why I'm having I had errors with it. So I have it on another machine that I use regularly. Uh just not on my my main one. And it like I said it doesn't do any integration with browsers or my phone or anything like that where I can share it from a single centralized database and go out to all my devices. Thank you. That's just because you've used it for so long, or, or is that a feature you like that is not available on browsers? I think, Dave, it's because I get this bug in my ass that I'm <laughs> like, I'm going to run something and not depend on anybody else and then come to realize there's a reason why people depend on other people for running it because it's a pain <laughs> in the ass, you know? So... <laughs> and, and I... I'm that way to a, to a, to a point. I mean, I, I use Bitwarden, which, but I don't host it myself, but I could. But a, a lot of things I do host myself and make myself jump through all these hoops. And yeah, and and I'm thinking maybe I should switch to something, but I don't know. See, do you recommend Bitwarden? Oh yeah, I love Bitwarden. What about you, Murph? Uh, I know I should, but I do not use a password manager. I keep my passwords in my brain, which is uh, less than ideal for reliability. That would be completely not ideal for me. <laughs> now, I, I will say, I will say before I let you again, you you sound like you're about to say something, Dave. But I, I will say that Murph, I'm kind of like you too. 
I have a a I'm not going to call it an algorithm, but I have a way I generate passwords that always come out to be strong when it's tested. And so I use that way and I have a different password for everything. But at the same time, I'm like, sometimes I can't use my, my way because they have limitations and then the password's different and I get frustrated when it doesn't match what I think it should. You know what I mean? And then I have to go to the password manager. I don't know how you how you memorize all your passwords, but with, with a great deal of difficulty and uh, decreasing accuracy over time. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, and if it's like a password that kind of was before the way I started doing things, and I think I should know what it is, but I don't, and then I get frustrated. That's when I have to go to the password manager, and more often than not, I'm, I'm going to the password manager these days. But anyway, what were you going to say, Dave? Uh. I- I just got bit, you know, and, and got an account that became compromised, and I shared that password with multiple accounts, and it, it was this arduous, it was just this ordeal having to change everything. So I think I have 284 unique passwords now in Bitwarden. So I, I don't have to remember any of them except the master password. So. Okay, so let me get this straight. I understand what you said. You had your password in Bitwarden, but it was the same password for no, multiple no, accounts? No, 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 no. This was b- before I even used a password manager. Years oh, ago. Yeah, oh, okay. I got I got bit and had to change so many accounts. It was just ridiculous. I had to update accounts with new passwords, and that's when I started using a password manager. And my UPS was purchased seven years ago this Christmas Eve. With your Bitwarden password? No. I don't think I was using Bitwarden back then, but I might have been. I might have been using LastPass before Bitwarden, but they got hacked. Yeah, and that's one of the things that, like, kind of bugged me. Yeah. About why, using a service is then I'm going to have to change everything. Yeah, that that's when I went to Bitwarden knowing that if I ever had the time or the inclination, I, I could host my own password manager on my own server. And, you know, I can still do that today. I can, I can download uh, the, the encrypted file and import it into my own instance if I want to. So they, it sounds, go ahead. Sorry. Nah, nah, I, was, I was just looking at this UPS. They still sell it. It's $175 now. So it's like the pretty close to the bottom of the line. What's it called? It's a Triplot 1000 VA Smart UPS. It's, it's for home users. I mean, it's nothing. Oh, see, I got I have an Amazon Basics one. Okay. Yeah, that's a good $50 cheaper. Yeah, yeah. see, I got a bunch of CyberPower ones, so. Murph's got one that's... That's generated by the hamsters he has running in a in a wheel next to it, right? He's got always got a hamster running in there, and it keeps the power going. Uh, speaking of uh, command line password managers, how many do you tend to use command line programs more than graphical day to day at home? That's a tough question. Can you repeat the question? Do you 
you tend to lean one way or the other when picking a, a program to use, meaning if there's a command line version or a, a terminal user interface version, would you are you more inclined to go with that than a graphical program at, at home, you know, non-work related? It depends upon what the application is. Certain things are better suited to graphical, you know, uh, and certain things are better suited for command line. Yeah, I mean, th- there is that, yeah. And, and and maybe I do lean one way unnecessarily. I, I think I've, I've got to thinking about it. I think I use two graphical programs, and one is Firefox and the other is Dolphin, but I don't use Dolphin that often. I use Ranger more than that. So I use one, well, two graphical programs, Firefox and Calibre. Everything else I do is, is a command well, line. Well, wait a minute. What happened to Ranger now? Isn't that I, three? I, no, R- Ranger's uh, command line or Tui interface. Oh, it's is not, it like Midnight Commander? Yeah, sort of. Okay. Well, wait, what's your email then? I, I, well, I either use the browser or I use NeoMutt. Oh, okay. Well, but I, I actually use both, but I mean, Firefox is a lot of different programs. I mean, it's a web interfaces, so, you know, if I'm going to log on to my bank or something or do online shopping, that's a browser, but and I think that 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 becomes almost a loaded question in regards to the fact that I noticed that aside from my my own hosted email and IRC, pretty much everything else I've been doing lately, like eighty percent of it, has been within a browser. Yeah, but you know, like. I used to love, what is it, IRCD? Was that it? IRCD? Was that it? Or ERISI? No, IRSSI. Yeah. I still yeah. use it. <laughs> I love that. And one of the things that I liked about ERISI was that I pretty much had it set up where I could just SSH into the machine I was running at from wherever and connect to that through a screen session, and i always be up to date. And yeah. then nobody talks on IRC anymore, so, yeah. you know, the hell with that, you know. I don't I don't use that as much, but I, I probably would say I like to work more within the command line at work because I like VI yeah. as my editor, and I do a lot of stuff down on the command line. But, you know, it's probably going to be browser-based stuff and then command line and then graphical UIs. What about you, Murph? Yeah, it's mostly graphical stuff, but, you know, a lot of things, uh, command line is better. You know, IRC clients, I'm usually command line for everything because that seems appropriate for that. What do, what are you, what are you using for IRC? Usually IRSSI. You know, it's okay. funny I say that and I've got hex chat open in a window right now, ah. but most of the time it's IRSSI. Well, wait a second. Is it hex chat or hex dump? Hex chat. Okay. What are you using, Dave? Yeah, Rishi. I've been continually logged in to the IRC for probably 15 years because I'm using a Rishi in a TMUX session. used to be a screen session, but I switched to TMUX about five years ago. Somehow I got the impression that Hexdump kind of replaced XChat in a lot of distros. And it has like the almost exact same interface. But I think like Ubuntu and everything was 
more favoring hex dump, and if you wanted X chat, you could get it, but that was like an extra download, or I don't, I don't know why I think that way. Let's see here. I don't know. It's, I'm not coming up with anything. Why isn't why isn't hex chat H E X C H A T? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should switch back to the RSSI. Yeah. I'm gonna see if Ranger is installed on any of my systems. You 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 recommend Ranger, Dave? I like Ranger. I mean, I, for for renaming files, like Thunar, I like Thunar the best because it you can rename gobs of files, you know. With the GUI in regular expressions, you can rename, you know, as many files as you want at one time easily. Often it's not quite as easy. So when it comes to mass renames, I use a graphical file manager, but I use Ranger for everything else. Yeah, hex chats in the uh, Arch Extra repos. H-E-X-C-H-A-T. And there's still an X chat, but it's in the AUR. Yeah, okay, that I think that's one of the things. You're not gonna get X chat in Arch unless you build it yourself from AUR. X chat is what's in there. That was one of the things. I yeah. You don't use the AUR? I do, I do. But that's where it becomes challenging. Like I don't see much of a difference between hex. Chat no, I think- and XChat, so it hasn't really bothered me that I wasn't using XChat. Now, Merp, yeah. on the other hand, that's his favorite application, right? Did he disappear? Or maybe he's, he did. His voice? No, I stepped out for one second. What, my favorite <laughs> application, HexChat? No, not exactly. XChat. <laughs> XChat. X-chat. No, I don't even remember using that. Oh. XMMS. Is that still that... around? No, I'm using I'm using like Strawberry or something now. Some music player. But a big on VLC. Okay, yeah. X, I, I don't know if you can get XMMS anymore. Like, I think there might be compatibility issues whether you get XMMS too. But there was a little while there where, like, you could still get XMMS working, but everything moved on to those. Remember when everything moved on to those, like, aggregating applications like Amarok and... Yes. <laughs> um, was... was Link's favorite thing, Rock's Desktop. Man, he loved the crap out of Rock's Desktop. Didn't that have a music application like Rock's Music or something? In oh, there? yeah, it, it did. Yeah. Like, it was all that iTunes-inspired crap. Uh, this is wrecking my brain, that Rock's Desktop. I, I remember using it in the Rock's File Manager. It was pretty neat, but there was a – it was a – Really old one I used years ago, and it was a, it was it was a file manager, but it had sort of a desktop integrator, not like Nautilus does. It wasn't a desktop environment, but I can't remember the name of that for anything. It was uh, 
I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. Do you remember the Star Office, I think, 5-2? Was this suite of applications that wasn't just a word processor spreadsheet like Office applications, but also came with an email client and a, a file browser and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, it like had its own like suite of desktop utilities. Yeah, I think now did that was Corel Office was that a fork or in any way related? Because I know there was a Corel Office that that ran on Linux. I was a beta tester. This was a long time ago, the mid nineties, and I think that became Corel Linux eventually. But they, there was so much to it. It wasn't just like an office suite. There were other things there as well. And it reminded me of Star Office. Yeah, Corel Office was a Debian offshoot, which was actually not too bad back in no, the day. It, it was pretty good. Wait, Corel Office or Corel Linux? Corel Linux. Yeah. Okay. And that included Corel Office, which had a suite of applications. Didn't they but use I- the that's how you got Corel Office on Linux is you, you kind of, you could run it on others, but if you bought Corel Office, it came on Corel, Linux came with it or something. I think Corel Office came first. Or, or I maybe mean, you, did. maybe yeah. they spun it off and, and made it for other distros because I know I was running it on Debian. I, I never ran Corel Linux, but I ran Corel Office. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting, okay. I got to be careful because then I'm also thinking of Caldera and Caldera. Yeah, that was that wasn't related to Oracle, was it? Wasn't oh, man. <laughs> My memory's gone. <laughs> was Caldera Linux the Linux that Oracle acquired? Like, how did that go? What was it? I think so. I mean, I remember that was that lawsuit that went on forever. <laughs> or did did um did Oracle originally sue Caldera? Was that it? I, that may have been it. I I can't remember. Yeah, that I was, think that was it. Yeah, and so I know Caldera Linux was big for me early on because they had a well integrated netware client that primarily worked with netware three and i think four or it was three and four and then five novell kind of moved all their crap on top of linux and was working with novell that's when novell bought susa enterprise linux yeah you remember that crap oh yeah they bought susa enterprise linux and then switched their main desktop to being GNOME, and SUSE had always been like heavily a KDE desktop, and that caused a huge kerfluffle. Remember that kerfluffle? Yeah, man, there was this blog written by a lady lawyer. I want to say her name was it wasn't Stormy. I can't remember, but she every day I would read it. And it was all updates on this. this the law, oh yeah, that was a big yeah. And, uh, oh man, what was that blog called? I can't Wasn't remember. It PJ on yeah. Grok Law. That's oh yeah, it. Grok That's Law. It. You got it. 
Murph's got it all, man. Wow. That's why he can remember his passwords. Yeah. No, that's why I can't remember my passwords, because that stuff is in there. Oh, Rocklaw. I remember crap. that. Yeah. So, wait, Corel Linux. Didn't – so, I, what was was the whole thing with Corel Linux was Corel – Corel had Corel Draw and they had a Corel Office Suite. And I think that transitioning from like Windows 3 to 95 and the old DOS days and all that stuff, Corel was a pretty competitive player until Microsoft really started pushing their office and they started becoming more and more of a bit player and, and nobody really cared anymore about yeah. for lack of a better word so they made that push to be across multiple platforms and then also came out with their own edition of linux which was corel office was pretty well integrated that did they ever put corel draw on linux i think they did uh, maybe it was just under wine So I know that there was a Corel Linux, and I don't. Can I run? All right. So I don't think they ever ported it officially to Linux. Was Corel? Corel. Okay. Corel wasn't involved in the Wine Project or Code Weavers, were they? I don't think so. Wasn't it Mandrake? That kind of teamed up with, I think it was Code Weavers, to put out a gaming yep, version yep. of Mandrake, and that was like right before Mandrake. Then, I guess died. I don't know what what they. I don't know if they just they they were acquired by somebody and then they stopped making Mandrake, and then that's. Or was it, was it, there was Mandrake and then there was Connectiva and Mandrake yeah, was Connectiva, French? Yeah, Connectiva, they merged with Connectiva and it became Mandriva. Right. And then, then they, they went out. Like Mandriva then, the company closed, didn't they? That I don't remember. I thought they're still around. I thought Mandriva is still around in some form. I thought it was too. In the last five or six years, four or five years, probably, I think I remember something about it still. No, you're not thinking, I'm crap. And I should know this because I just tried the distribution uh, a few, few months ago. Um, so when, if I'm not mistaken, and let me, let me just double check this. Mandrake. Yeah, nothing like doing your research on the fly, right? <laughs> okay. So, I guess Mandrake, so there was Mandrake and there was Connectiva. April 2005, Mandrake Soft announced the corporate acquisition of Connectiva, and that was a Portuguese-speaking 
Brazilian and Spanish speaking Latin America distribution. Mandrake was French. Um, there was a, a result of this acquisition, a legal dispute with the Hearst Corporation, another corporation. Um, oh, so there was a, there was an issue with the Hearst Corporation, which I don't, I didn't even know about this, who were the owners of the King Features Syndicate, and they contended that Mandrake Soft infringed upon King Features trademark character Mandrake the Magician. So, okay, so Mandrake, to avoid there being any problems and then the legal dispute with the Hearst Corporation, when they acquired Connectiva, changed the name of the distribution to Mandriva, and it would be called Mandriva Linux. And they, I guess they were done in, the last stable version of Mandriva Linux was released on August 28th, 2011. Um, but yeah, th- that still lives on though. Open Mandriva. That's it. That's what it is now. Okay. Of course it should be. It's that, that's what it is, right? There was Sousa and then Sousa got acquired by, um, Novell and has changed hands so many times and people got bent out of shape. So they made open Sousa, right? There was the corporate version and the open version. And same thing with Red Hat, right? They made open Red Hat, right, Murph? Yeah, that would have been uh, CentOS, right? Yeah, and then uh, Ubuntu became open Ubuntu, and Debian became open Debian. No, I'm just kidding about that, though, obviously. That was the time when some distributions would have an open version called open. And, And now a lot of those are gone. Remember Xandros Desktop Linux? Wasn't that... That was based on Corel Linux. Wait, wasn't... So, yeah. Xandros was based on Corel. Wasn't the... Um... And it came with the a triple day trialer. Yeah, wasn't the triple EPC OS, the, the version of Linux that that came with, wasn't that based off of Xandros too? It, maybe initially, I, th- I think so. Wait, triple EPC, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep, it was on the triple EPC. The first netbook ran that. Yeah, it was, and the interesting about that, it was, um, Oh, how was that? It ran Xandros. Oh, what was that? What was that other distribution that was based off? Of, so, oh god, now I got to look up Xandros. They're <laughs> going down a rabbit hole. Wasn't it Lindos that was on those? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, um, Lindos was on there too. I think Xandros was on there first. Yeah, I was thinking um, Xandros. Was Xandros developed? Are you sure it was developed from Corel? 
It's based off Corel. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was based off of Corel Linux, which was based off a Debian-based distribution. Yeah. And I think... Because the triple EPC used Synaptic or a package manager. Yeah, and then... Who was it that came out with Lindos? I don't know who came out with it. I know I uh, <coughs> had gotten someone a triple EPC and Lindos was terrible. I erased it and put, uh, I think, regular Ubuntu on it and it ran fine. I remember the repos they had set up didn't work right. Okay. Who? All right. Now I'm remembering. So, <clears throat> Lindos. Lindos was a, so Lindos was, became Linspire and it was acquired by Xandros. But I, so Lindos was based on Debian and Ubuntu. Right? And it's closely associated with Xandros. Xandros had a, acquired Lindos, but it was, I think we had one of the, the CEO on the show. Was it Michael Robertson or was it Kevin Carmony that we had on the show? I'm pretty I sure I was going to say, you're Windows. asking people that none of us were there then. <laughs> well, Dave was around back then. This was 2005 area, area time. I, I've heard both of those names. I don't know which one you had on or, or who they were affiliated with. Yeah, Dave's this, been around forever. That's not saying much. Yeah. <laughs> and my my mind's gone, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, Mur Murph, did you go with uh, – were you at the Linux World Expo that was uh, in well, the last – one of the last ones that was at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City? You know, oddly enough – I was there, but I was not there with you guys. I was there on my own. Okay. Do you remember the... Oh, crap. I'm gonna... I can't remember the name of it now. Um, there was this company, and they had a spokeswoman who was dressed in leather and... Are you sure you were at Linux Expo? Yeah, was on a motorcycle and stuff. I think they even had a motorcycle at their booth. Mm. They they did... Um, one of their things that they had done was a, a tool for setting up Apache, and then there was another thing that they were doing for, like, gaming on Linux, I think, if I'm not mistaken... And I just, I can't remember. I remember the poster I got from them, which was that woman on a motorcycle, and it had something to do with their Linux tools. Oh, man. Um, was she cute? You got me. It's not ringing a bell. I don't know how to answer that, Joe. <laughs> is your wife standing there? I mean, 
That's no. the only way you wouldn't be able to know how to answer that question. Well, no, she, she, no, no, because uh, <laughs> no, my my wife would not care either way how I. The, the problem is, okay. <laughs> Well, she he's hesitating because it was his wife dressed in leather at Linux Expo. It was well, Link, like okay? It was Link. We had him dressed well, up. That's where Hot Link came from. No. Well, was she a little butch for you? Or, I'm, I'm... No, no. See, here's the thing. And this, this, I don't, I don't like this. This sounds terrible, but you know when you go to those things, especially back in the like late '90s, early 2000s, they had the booth bunnies oh, in high yeah, school and, and in the military and. Yeah, and the booth bunnies were always, you know, they were young women usually. This was not, she wasn't she wasn't not pretty, but she wasn't like a young she woman. Wasn't so in she your wasn't age she wasn't like the typical booth bunny, so to speak. And I think I don't know how whether she was actually one of the employees at the company, and I don't I had know. To find a booth bunny that actually knew how to ride a bike. <laughs> Well, that was the problem. So I, I'm thinking that this woman was probably in her 50s. And she looked great for being in her 50s, but she was a lot older than the typical booth bunny. So you were attracted to a much older woman. Uh, well, I, I don't know if I would say I was really that much attracted to her. You're still talking about her 20 years later. Yeah, I am. Evidently, <laughs> she made an impression. Obviously, yes, she did. Because, uh, I don't know. Uh, She'd be, what, 70 now? Yeah, she probably would be. Not so. in Dan's mind, though. <laughs> She's always stuck back there in the, uh, in the late, like, early 2000s. Now you've even got a poster of her from that time frame. That was a big oh, yeah. show, though, at the Javits Center, right? I mean, I've been to the Javits Center. Did, did they? Not for a Linux show, but it was work-related. But was, was it huge? Was it a huge show? It's probably Com- the biggest Linux show I've ever been to. Okay. But the- yeah. So if you took if you took Southeast Linux Fest in its heyday. And you took Ohio Linux Fest in its heyday, and you put them together, and then maybe doubled it. You would probably be roughly about the size. Okay, so it it didn't take up all of the Javits Center; it was a portion of it. No, it took up one or two halls, though, which is still pretty damn big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, the, the biggest Linux show I ever went to—I can't remember if I went to scale or not. I, I want to say maybe once, but. Maybe not, uh, but it was the old Atlantic, Atlanta Linux showcase in the, the mid-90s, and that was the first and only time I saw, you know, make an air quote, the, the booth bunnies, and I was taken aback. Uh, I, was <laughs> I, I, I did not expect that. Yeah, the uh, Linux Expos were really big. It was big, bigger than scale was. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew it was big. I just didn't know how big. Can I see Children stealing my mushrooms. Are they the magic mushrooms? They'll learn. They'll have to find that out the hard way. Uh, Going back real quick to command line stuff, uh, I tried a new browser today called Carbonyl, which is based off of Chromium, which runs in uh, 
over SSH in a terminal that are running a TMUX session that are run over SSH. And it's graphical in, in the fact that it will draw a pixelated picture. But, you know, you can use mouse in it. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a, a full-blown graphical browser in a terminal window. It's not, the graphics aren't great. But there's what? a... It, it yeah, sounds yeah. horrible. Why not just like X forward freaking Firefox? I, I, I agree. Uh, I, I've only played with these just for the fun of it. I mean, the oh, links, yeah, yeah. The, 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 yeah, the Lynx web browser is really good, uh, but it won't work. You have to use the frame buffer device. So it works in a virtual terminal, but it won't work over SSH. And that works great. I mean, it, the, the pictures are, are, you know, full resolution, but, uh, I know there's one other one like it called Browse, which is based off of Firefox, which is sort of a memory hog. This one's quicker if anybody's interested in it, but it's called Carbonyl. How does that work? I know how the the Browse one works by – it uses Firefox. This one, I don't know exactly how it works. I just tried it out the first time today, but it's it's based off of Chromium, and uh, it uses less resources than the, the one based off of Firefox. And it's got to do with how they render things, whether it's full size or is scaled for the terminal or, you know, I, I think that's the resource part, but I don't know how they work. But Lynx uses a frame buffer device, and that works great, but, you know, you can't use it over SSH. The only time When, when you I've say it works over a, SSH, what does it connect to? I don't know if you SSH into a box. That, that oh, this, oh, oh, oh! Yeah. I thought you meant that you would make a con- connection no, 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 and no, would no, SSH no. into. No, no. no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you would. You'd have to run Chromium somewhere, and it would SSH to that system running Chromium, get the information, and bring no, it back. No, okay, no, no. I got it. I, the only use case that I've ever used anything like this, if, if I was at work, you know, back when I was working, and I SSH into my home device, and I need to do something on my router, I could do it. With a browser through a terminal window. And it's called Carbonyl. It's in the AUR and it, it, it's pretty quick compared to Browse, but I mean, the graphics are poor, but I was impressed that you can use, you can use a mouse and you know, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. You know, I think I, what did I, does browse, what is it, B-R-O-W-S? H, yeah. H. Does that do JavaScript? I think it does. Uh, Carbonyl doesn't. Let me, let me see if that's right. Uh, yeah, I, cause I think I, there was something I was doing at work and I was having such a problem and I'm like, if only I had a browser, like I could get to this from the command line browser, like links or links, but it, it required JavaScript. I can't remember what the heck that was. And I, I ran upon Browse and that did JavaScript, but it was like slow as hell. Yeah, Browse is, is awful slow. Carbonyl is much faster. Links is Links doesn't do JavaScript. Browse does, and I don't think I'm not sure if Carbonyl does or not. But Carbonyl is pretty new. I just found it today, and uh, 
just tried it out. It's, it's, I liked it. But it, you know, if you're not, if you're running just the, the binary, it, it'll play video and audio. Uh, you know, of course, it's, the graphics are going to be poor, but it will play audio. But if you're using a Docker container, it won't. Was that it? Was it something to do with Docker that I needed to do that? I don't know. So Carbonell does or doesn't do JavaScript? Uh, How's that spelled? C-A-R-B-O-N-E-L. Okay. Chromium running inside your terminal. <clears throat> I I can't find if it does JavaScript or not, but I know Browse doesn't. I know Lynx doesn't. Browse does. I think it does, but I can't find that written down anywhere. All right. Oh, no, 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 no. I wish that they were a little more informative on their page. Yeah. Because I'm reading through here, and it says Carbonell, it is a GitHub page, supports pretty much all web APIs, including WebGL, WebGPU, audio and video playback animations, etc. Um And then it goes down to comparisons and <clears throat> comparison to links. Pros for links is when it understands a page, links has the best layout fully optimized for the terminal. And the cons, one of the cons for links, it says cannot run JavaScript or WebAssembly. So I'm, does that mean that Carbonell does run JavaScript? I think so. I clicked on another page off the GitHub page, and it says it uses Mo a library called Mojo. It's a library for inter-process communication. It defines the IDL for serializing data, which supports native handles, and can be used to generate C++, Java, and in principle, Android and JavaScript bindings. So I think it does that. That's pretty neat. I was surprised at how well it worked, how, how quickly it worked compared to Browse. How long has this project been active? My last commits were 10 and 11 months ago, so it doesn't look like it's too old. No, it doesn't, so... Oh man, their their change log only goes back to the like beginning of this year. Yeah, on February, and that was version zero point zero point zero. You know what? I think I wish I think the problem I had when I was doing browse sh, I think this might have been before Carbonell was available because I would have probably gone with Carbonell based upon what it looks like, and they do have um, support for Linux and OS ten and Windows. Yep. 
I guess it's in the, it's in the AU, is it in Arch proper? Yeah. It's in the AUR. It's, uh, I think it's called Carbonell Dash Bin. Why am I not finding it? Let me, let me double check. Only be on here for a little bit tonight, but I am going to have to get going. My headset's about to die. What's up, man? How, how you doing? I had to work. I had to work tonight. Oh, that stinks. Yeah, it sucked. I jumped over here as soon as I got off of work. And now? And now my headset's dying. Do? No, my headset's dying. Oh, that's too bad. Just plug that sucker in. Uh, that would work if this was my other headset, the um, Razer Nari, but the Razer Nari, the USB went out. So on this one, which is a HyperX Cloud clone, um, if I plug it in, it turns off, which is annoying. So it won't, it won't charge it and let you use it at the same time. Is what you're saying, right? Yes. That sucks. Yeah, that does suck. You ready for the holiday? No. Wait, are you working? I will be working every day. Well, no, I'm I'm actually on Christmas. One of my coworkers decided to cover that for me, and um, I'm just on call for that day. But then there's only two people working on that Tuesday, and I'm one of them, and I have a doctor's appointment. Oh, so you don't have like a week off or anything, do you? It was my year to be in the hot seat. Uh, wait, isn't that every year? Um, it feels like it, but no, last year and the year before, everybody was pretty good about uh, making sure that I got time off to go to Florida and hang out with my dad, so I don't have any complaints. Oh, um, do we have a show next Wednesday? I'll be here. Okay. I'll be here. All right. I will. Dave ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm working second shift again, or at least a split on that day, so I will let you know if I'm going to be on or not. Okay. All right. Talk See to you later, guys. Merry Christmas. Take it easy. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> You know what? This is going to bother me now. I think that company's name had like ice or something like ice or in, in the name of it. And they, oh. Oh, man. What company? That's what I'm trying to remember what the company's but, name was. Yeah, but which conversation is that? I can't even remember. This is the one with the biker. Oh. oh man. <laughs> yeah. Because she was there, and they were giving out posters, and it was like they were like trying to be a little edgy and all that stuff on on their it had marketing. Something with, had something to do with gaming. I believe no, or graphics I, cards, or they had a. If I'm not mistaken, they had a graphical tool for configuring Apache. Okay, and they had some other stuff, and I'm not sure if there was something related to gaming or not. Was it, it wasn't Webman, was it? No, a, it was not Webman. <laughs> that's not a company, yeah. No. Oh, what was it? 
I, I'm I'm not going to be able to find this company. I'm I'm sure they've been gone for. Oh God, it's going on almost twenty years now, close to it. The C panel? No, it wasn't. It wasn't any of those. It was just, okay. Yeah, it wasn't a like the graphical Apache configuration company. Yeah, and it wasn't like I don't think I ever used their tool or any knew anybody who did use their tool. God, I'm I'm asking all this crazy <laughs> stuff. All right. Let me just go and see if I can find the woman. <laughs> Linux company that had a biker woman. <laughs> this, is, this is stupid. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, did I just see it? Where did, where did it go? Where did it go? Oh. She continues to elude you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that, that's not it. Oh, man, I, I cannot find this. It was a small company. Wait, it's not... I never even heard of Xenia, the girl mask, Fox girl mascot of Linux. <laughs> Did you ever hear of uh, her? I remember the Fox girl before they had Tux. They had a, a, a Fox avatar or manga looking Japanese. <clears throat> yeah, that's. There was a Fox See, I don't logo. remember that before, but it's big on the Fediverse now. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. Uh, Xenia, XENIA is what's coming up. <laughs> Yep. God, how, how, how did this just disappear? TK Desktop. That's what I was, I'm sorry. I was trying to remember this, this old graphical desktop that I used years ago when we were talking about Rocks Desktop. I think it was called TK Desktop, and it was written in Tickle. What was it called? I think it was called TK Desktop. Oh, TK Desktop. I remember, remember that. that. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a, uh, a post from 2003. Somebody on Linux Questions is asking about it. I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore. I wonder, is Linux World Expo still? That's been gone for years. What are those things called? Oh, wait, Linux World Expo, Jacob Javits Center Vendors. 
I wonder if 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 I look if there's a vendor's list somewhere online. You sure you're you didn't wander into another expo hall? Or no, something? I wasn't you in another expo. <laughs> uh. Maybe into a bar next door to Jacob Javits or something. What was? I'm going to find him, man. I know I'm going to find him. Come on. I have to find him. Look at this. Leading solution providers. Um, okay, prestigious. Ah, right, here we go. <clears throat> Show award winners for the... This was Linux World Conference and Expo at... <clears throat> Well, this is in Massachusetts, so I don't know if this company would have been there. I don't think it was. So this is 2001, February 9th, 2001. Um, best developer tools was Kylix, Orland Products Kylix. Remember that? I don't know. I remember Kylix. Borland. I remember hearing the name. Don't remember what it is, though. It was, uh, didn't. Didn't um wasn't Kylix what what uh Borland Borland used to do like Borland C and all that and then they came out with like a suite of tools similar to Visual Studio and that was what Kylix was and it was cross platform. I don't know. You don't know. Sons of guns. All right, let me look at this list of people here. I don't recognize any of these names, and I don't think it's any one of these. It was a smallish company, too. Oh, that bums me out. I wish I wish there was just, like, a list. Oh, man. Linux World Expo and Conference, Jacob Javits Center, January 19, 2004. Was that, did, did they have a, uh, 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 I don't know, Where's, what's, what's, uh, I don't know, what is, what is the search on, uh, edit, find, him. oh, control F, yeah, oh, that's where it is. Ah, uh, they're not. I can't find a damn thing about that expo. But I bet you somewhere I have it. I have it packed away. If anybody out there knows or recalls, where's Pat? He would know. Anyone else recalls the things that are only in Dan's brain? Yeah, if you remember the stuff that was in... Uh, TKD still has a SourceForge page in it. Uh, last version was 2, and I think that was 2004. Is it, is it in the Debian repository? No, it's, it's not in the Archive repository. I didn't look in Debian. 
damn, man. It is in it is in the Debian repositories. It is? <laughs> yeah. DK Are Dance you going to install it? Version 2. I might. I think I will. Thinking to take over my KDE desktop. <laughs> yeah, how are your backups there, Dave? <laughs> there it is. Wow. That's a blast from the past. It's got the, uh, Oh, my my brain's just gone. What what's that window manager? That uh window maker. Get this window maker like toolbar and a three pane file manager. Wait, what uh, are you talking about? TK desk. <laughs> I didn't know that thing was still around. Man, it's it's not Comanche. Oh man, it's oh. I want to say it wasn't called Biker Linux, was it? Not Leather Linux. What's Leather Linux? No. <laughs> oh, you should definitely look that up. Leather Linux. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> oh, Linux leather. It's men's leather jackets. It's Hannah Montana Linux. Oh, God. That's, oh, man. It was only like two decades ago. I should remember what this was. <laughs> is this going to push you over the edge, Dan? Yeah. This is gonna I'm, I'm kind of honored that I could be here for this. Oh. What the hell was this? No, not Zinnia Linux. She wasn't a mascot. I don't know. Why? 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 Maybe she was like a professional motorcycle ride, you know, racer, and I just didn't know. <laughs> Wow. Did you think you'd be thinking about it or not? <laughs> Come on, where is... She ended a Linux motor... Like, now I'm doing image searches for this damn thing. I just did that. You'll be disappointed. Yeah, I'm not... <sighs> Dan, look up... Uh, do an image search on uh, Jacob Javits Leather. I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, man. Well, well, since this is audio only, it's safe for us. <laughs> oh. I'm just getting a lot of Xenia. 
Oh, this is a pain in the butt. Linux Motorcycle Lady. No, that's not going to work. Linux Apache Motorcycle. There's too many, too much crap in here. I guess maybe there's no record of this company anymore, or it's buried so deep. Who's Lady Apache? Well, no, this is not the person I'm looking for. Although she kind of looks a little like her. <laughs> She's a professional, a Mexican professional wrestler. I don't think this is her. Could you don't be, know though. for sure, though. You know what? It could very well be her. When is this? She was born in 19... 19- no, this is not her. She was not born in... This late woman was not born in 1970. Oh, man. Speaking of wrestlers, I told you I, I, earlier I saw Godzilla before the show started. Oh, yeah, yeah. What did you think you, of it? Before I get to that, did you see the preview for the Iron Claw? It's a, it's a movie about this wrestling family. The guy who um, was in The Bear. Uh, maybe. I don't know The Bear. Uh, uh, you should watch The Bear. That's an awesome show. Uh, the show about, or movie? It's a, it's a TV series, and it's about a... Chef, it's really good, but he's one of the. It is very good. Uh, he's the guy, the brother the of um, Mark Wahlberg. Is Mark Wahlberg in that? Uh, they is have it, a restaurant. I mean, is it a reality show? No, it's not a reality show. It's okay. a drama. Okay, but is Mark Wahlberg? Oh in the, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw the poster for that. Uh, say it's good. Yeah, the bear is good. Okay. But Iron Claw is that Mark Wahlberg? I don't think so. I didn't recognize anybody in it, but it looked good. Wait, who's Wait, it's not Oh, wait, who's the guy? Oh, Which Zach guy? Efron's in it That's it, Zach Efron Okay I didn't know he was in it. I didn't recognize him. Yeah, I'm trying to think who who was who was in there. Wait, it's called Iron Claw, right? Yeah. Wait, who is wait, who is Zach Efron in there? Uh, he's one of the brothers. Wait, are you sure it's called Iron Claw? Oh, yeah, sport thriller. Um, why is this? Why would I look up the Iron Claw movie? Zach Efron is not shown. Uh, maybe the Iron Claw. Zach Efron plays Kevin Von Eric. Kevin Von Eric? Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Allen White is the guy I'm looking for. Movie TV shows. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's in a okay. Oh, why can't I find what the hell? Yeah, he was he, he, he was in the bear. He was in the bear and he was in Shameless. Yeah, but why? Jeremy why Allen. is he 
not listed as being in the Iron Claw? He is on IMDb. He plays Carrie Von Eric. All right, now I got to go to IMDb, I think, because this is not showing me what I'm looking for. Why does it not give me IMDb? Now I'm just going to go right to the website. Yeah. Uh, wait. Yeah, this is what I'm looking for. Yeah, so, yeah, Carrie Von Eyrick, Jeremy Allen White. Okay. He plays the bear. He's really good. Okay, I'll have to uh, watch the bear. Oh, crap. Is that is this movie in the theaters now? Iron Claw is coming out if it's not out already. When is its release date? Oh, December 22nd. Yeah, tomorrow. So it releases this week. Yeah. yeah. I thought that. What were you saying? Oh, is that, was that a preview when you went to see Godzilla? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that movie does look good. And Zach Efron is buff. Isn't yeah, I, did, I didn't recognize him. Bigger than he used to be. Last thing I saw him in was that, that Ted Bundy uh, Netflix show he was in. But Godzilla was awesome. It was everything well, you said. It was everything you said it was going to be. It is. Yeah. Apparently, they're re-releasing it in black and white now in a movie theater. Really? Yeah. Well, they say it won't be out on DVD to, like for a year. Uh, it's evidently what that studio does. But uh, and it, after seeing it, I was remembered. I've not seen Shin Godzilla yet. Is is it good? I'll be honest with you. I didn't see it either. Okay. Yeah, which I'm surprised. Uh, if you're looking for it, you can find it also under the name of Godzilla Returns. Okay. Which is weird because well, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it advertised. Like when I look up Godzilla Returns, it just goes to Shin Godzilla, but I see it advertised on Roku search as Godzilla Returns. Okay. And not Shin Godzilla, but it's the same movie. Uh, I can't see any, find any good references that say they're the same movie other than it's got all yeah. this. It's the same year, same stuff. Anyway, I hear it's a really good movie. And That's I don't know I why mean. I haven't seen it yet because I'm, yeah. I'm lazy. You know what I did see? So I'm off now for the rest of the year. And we watched, uh, this, this is, this is not good, but we watched a Hallmark Christmas movie today called A Tale of Two Christmases. It was <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. It was so, like, Did you cry? No, I didn't cry. <laughs> but, but we had a lot to say about that that movie. Because um, we those are so bad. Those movies are so bad. But afterwards, I watched the it just the um, live action Yu Yu Hacky Show film uh, TV series that is now out on Netflix. Um, and I don't if you never saw the anime that it's based off of Yu Yu Hacky Show. There are I think 56 episodes and basically the general idea of the story is in a I can never tell what like grade they're supposed to be in in anime or how old like 
the main characters are, but they're in like school. And I thought it was, he was a middle school kid, but I guess he's high school. He's like 17 years old in the, in the show, but in the anime, he's a tough guy and, but he's got a, he's like a tough guy with a heart and he's always getting into fights at school and they're always beating each other up, but he takes on bullies and he often gets caught like beating up a bully and they think he's being the bully like the adults think he's being the bully so he has a bad reputation um and then what ends up happening is in the beginning episode he there's a sinkhole that opens up in the prefecture i forget what the name of the city is and that sinkhole is opens up the connection to the the ghost world or demon world. So uh, a insect that can possess people escapes and possesses this truck driver who's stuck in a traffic jam. So he goes crazy and just crashing his truck and everything. He's flying down the street and this kid, this young kid is standing out in the street and, um, the main character jumps and pushes the kid out of the way, but gets hit by the truck and dies. So he goes into the spirit world and the, the head of the spirit world, King Enma or Koenma, who's actually the son of the main God says, you are actually pretty good. You weren't scheduled to die. It's because the opening of the demon world now has has happened. Therefore, I'm giving you the opportunity to be go back and be brought back to life, but you will be my spirit detective. And so it's it's kind of like that. He has to go and fight and stop the evil spirits that come up into the the mainland the non-demonic land the real world or whatever you want to call it it's really good and this i was live action it is this live action yes um the live action did a fantastic job it was very true to the story um up until the end of the live action first episode very true to the story and i think you know it's tough with the anime you had something like 10 episodes that they covered like the main first part of the story and they cover this in one episode of the live action. So they did take some liberties towards the end, especially when they introduced some of the other characters and what he has to do, but it's still fairly faithful and very well done. And Dave, you'll like this. It's very violent. Okay. I was surprised my wife sat through it. Um, when like for, the awesome effect that it was alone, if you watch the first episode up until he gets hit by the truck, I mean, when he gets hit by the truck, I was like, oh, my God, how did they do that? Because there was like he jumps and pushes the kid out of the way. And all you see is just like he's he pushes the kid. The truck hits him, pushes him forward. He goes down under the wheels. Go, the wheels bounce over top of him, and he rolls across the ground like that. And I'm like, it was just completely one cut, not anything cut away. They did an amazing job on that effect. It looks so realistic, but absolutely brutal. You'll love it, Dave. And this is uh, 
how do you spell it? Is it K-A-K-E? No, no, no. It's U-U Hack You Show. It's Y-U space Y-U H-A-K-U-S-H-O. And it's on Netflix? It is on Netflix. The, okay. The live action's on Netflix. The anime's on Hulu. Okay. I've not seen any live action anime at all. One Never. piece or nothing. I mean, there's some I, of them I want to watch, but I mean, I've not seen any of them yet. I haven't, I haven't seen them either. I've heard the one, bad things about the One Piece, but this one got good reviews, and I loved Yu Yu Hacky Show. Um, and I was surprised at how well I enjoyed it. Oh, I did watch Cowboy Bebop. Was it good? I really liked Cowboy Bebop. Okay, that was that was a really fun thing. I wish they would continue it. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was pretty well done, and I was disappointed that they didn't continue. Yeah, I mean, like, it came out, and then, like, two weeks later, they're like, oh, we're not going to do a second season. I'm like, what happened? We loved it. Everybody rated it pretty well, if I'm not mistaken. Now, let me get back to Godzilla real quick. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, I, I, invited, I invited my wife, but some, something happened. She couldn't go, but my daughter wanted to go. I think, I think my wife couldn't go. We went on Monday night. My wife couldn't go during the week. She wanted to go on the weekend, but my daughter only go Monday. So we and my 21 year old daughter went. She'd never seen a Godzilla movie. Uh, and she's only seen one fully subtitled movie. I made her watch Chocolate, which was a Korean martial arts movie that she really enjoyed. But she, she really enjoyed this one. Uh, it, she thought it was awesome. I've had to pay. Okay. I've had to pay for that. I've had to watch. I've watched uh, the new Percy Jackson, and I've watched the Hunger Games prequel since then. <laughs> but, oh. but uh, you, you've gotten into movies a lot. Wasn't all? The, did you see all those in the movies? No, I, no. I, I saw uh, all of them here except Godzilla. I saw it in the theater. Okay. But uh, I, I was, I was, I loved the story. I liked the whole, you know, the. the National shame, the the personal shame, and the the, the redemption, all of that. The, the civilians fighting him, the the way they the way they fought him. It, I just thought it was great. And you said it cost fifteen million. Is that what you said last week? Fifteen million. Yeah, I believe. I, yes, it was a, it was amazing. <laughs> I, I really don't have words for it other than that. It was just a really really great movie. Uh, I'll probably take my wife. And I don't go to the movies that often, but uh, I'll, I'll probably go back to see it. It is, it is, it is a fun movie, Murph. You got to go see it, man. I might. <laughs> you know what I just watched uh, with the wife? Uh, we just watched. All of Inuasha that was on Netflix. You familiar with that one? I'm not. The anime? Yeah, the anime. You watched all of it? Yeah, it was like and the movies? 2,000 episodes. Yeah, the, what, did you watch the, the movie? Movies? No, it was... No, no, we only watched what was on, on Netflix, which was up to season six, and they're like 29 episodes each. Yes, there's a lot. I love Inuasha. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I'm just wondering where to watch the rest of it. You know, what is there, like five movies or something? Yes, there was, uh, there are, I think, five movies. Um, the movies are good, too. You, 
Yeah, we thought the show was it, and we're like, oh, we're getting to the end. And then they're like, oh, we killed the bad guy in Morocco. Yeah, that's okay. And it ended. And we were like, wait, there has to be something else than this. I don't think I could pay my wife to watch an anime. <laughs> that was her idea. It was it was good, though. It's a good story. A little bit of a Peep of the Week thing. You know, oh, the new bad guy. Oh, we killed him, too. <laughs> wait. Oh, man, what was... I think it does end when they kill Naraka, although there were a few movies, and I'm not sure if one of the movies takes place after that. No, I think there's a whole other season that's not on Netflix, because it really just, like, literally, we killed him. Okay, show's over. Like, no, nothing after that. Wait, hold on. I'm looking at the last season, and we were starting to we're starting to look at it, you know. And it was complicated. There's movies, and there's another season. None of it was available. It's kind of annoying. Wait, how many how many seasons are on? Now I forget. It was either five or six. I think six. Because there's eight seasons, so I I can't remember. I've seen all of them. I know that. I'm trying to remember what. Yeah, season one has 44 episodes, season two, 43, 340, and 440. And then I think there was another one, too. Trying to remember, how did it end? Oh, it's been so long. spoiling it now. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I wouldn't do that. Come on. What were the movies? They're good. Do you ever watch Rooney Kenshin? No, I'm not super big into anime. This was something she suggested and we watched it. So I'm going to look up this... Uh... Yuku Hack You or whatever the hell it Yu is. Yu Hack You show. So I, I really, I enjoyed, the, Inuyasha was the first anime I ever watched and it caught my attention because they were fighting monsters and I'm like, oh, it looks like D&D almost. And I watched that and then that got me into Yu Yu Hack You show was one of them and Maruni Kenshin around that time. I watched those three and, uh, I watched Attack on Titan. I think that Cowboy Bebop back in the day, but I mean, I don't yeah. watch a lot of anime. Yeah, Attack on Titan, Cowboy Titan Bebop, um, Trigun, which was they were accessible at the time. What is that? Shaman King, I very much. Yu-Gi-Oh was all right. I, I like that. But if you like Inuyasha, and uh, you like kind of like. I don't, I, you know, I, I, I thought Rooney Kenshin was really good too. That was a funny show, but that doesn't have a lot of demons in it. It's more realistic. Anyway. Yeah, it's funny. We went from, from that and we're rewatching Drive to Survive on Netflix. What the heck is we're that? Making up. It's the uh, F1 documentary. It got us, it got us, uh, wrapped into it. Now we're watching the whole season. We, uh, 
to Las Vegas to watch the F1 race. It was uh, pretty good. Yeah, take a look at it. It's a good documentary. It's uh, pretty compelling stuff. What's it called again? Drive to Survive. It's on Netflix. Drive to Survive. Documentary, right? Yeah, Formula One documentary. Yep. It, I would watch that. Yeah, it was good. Good. I'd be curious to see what you guys think of it. See, they're coming out with a Fallout TV show based on the game. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. I haven't seen anything uh, more the, about the it. The trailer though. looks pretty good. Walter Goggins is in it, but uh, I can't remember anybody else off the top of my head who was in it. It looked good. It comes out in April. This is annoying. I am going through all the places that I can find that has a list of vendors for <laughs> Linux World Expo, and I still can't. Like, I'm. Do, do you remember some of these places? Uh, there's EMU Software, Active State introduces Komodo 3.1. I remember that. Um, Mepis, simply Mepis Linux distribution. Why isn't this listed? Bit Defenders there. Steel Eye, makers of LifeKeeper, announced LifeKeeper for Linux on power for IBM's P Series machine. Black Duck Software, keeping yourself compliant. And a lot of people didn't like them. Boo! The end of the East Coast Linux. I don't know. I guess we got to... Oh, crud. We got to start wrapping this up. It's getting really late. 1029. I don't think they would have gone to the Linux World Expo and... No. If only they would have kept this around, Dave. Let's see, what is, what is this? This was, okay, here we go. Here's, here's a list of some best network server application. Computer Associates, IBM, WebSphere, Sfordal, JBoss 3.0 series, SUSE Linux, Open Exchange Server, and Visual Solutions Orion. Nope, that's not them. Best developer tools, Komodo, APPX, nope. Eltrix Lice, I don't think that was it. I don't think it was Eltrix. Dan, I think you should wrap up the show and continue your journey of discovery into early 2000s uh, <laughs> Linux Expo biker babes later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so too. This has to be it. What? 
Sure, maybe Alan didn't slip you some acid or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was Alan and his his Goldwing. Oh gosh, it's gonna. Anyway, let me let me wrap this up, and then as soon as I as soon as I'm done here, I'm gonna find it, and I'll be like, Frank, you gotta wait." Of course, <laughs> that's what it was. I do. I do. So let's, uh, all right. All right, everybody. Uh, have a great holiday. You too. Yep. I'll take it. And a safe holiday. Yep. I'll play us out. Thank you for showing up. And, uh, we'll see you in a week. Here you go. I am short. Oh my God. It's Hacker Public Radio. Hacker Public Radio is a daily podcast by the hacker community for the hacker community. If you're interested in technology, creative thinking, hacking, Linux, or any kind of computer, that kind of stuff, you should listen to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.com. My name is Matt, and I've started a new podcast called LibreQuest. I talk about Linux and general technical topics. To get the show, visit LibreQuest.org. So we can paint anything we want? Anything at all. How about if I paint your fine ass? Mm, yeah, with my tongue brush. Shut up. Just shut up. Daddy has a gun! It's over. You were making egg poo young in the kitchen. I was in the dining room having sushi. There we go. This really annoys me. Madness creeps in little by little. Linux World Expo. I don't know. It wasn't this one, was it? Linux Journal article about Linux World Expo. Huh. Inform Stalker Software. No, not a Informix. No, Apogen. Damn. Did Dave leave? You scared him off. Damn bastard. Nah, I was muted. Sorry. <laughs> You're muted. Do you remember the year, Dan? I'm I'm pretty sure it was the last J World Expo at Jacob Javits Center. I am looking through Joe Barr. That name sounds familiar. Linux bundles. 
Thin Client Song, Workstation. Okay, this is clearly never-ending, so I'm going to get out of here. Have a good one. You too. I'm going to find this, man. You wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're we're waiting. You'll find it. <laughs> Have a great holiday, guys. Right, you too, Murph. You too. Have a good one. Was it 2003? Oh, wait, I feel like I'm getting close. I feel like I'm getting close. <laughs> No, that's not it. Oh, man. I don't know. Different swag booth giveaways, dot org pavilion. Uh, but there's nothing standing out. Nothing standing out. Alright, I'm going to stop this recording. Let you go to bed. Maybe you want to save that for the show, Dave. I'll save it. Just letting you know, I saw it day four yesterday. Oh, wow. You know, that that makes me happy. But but we'll we'll save that for a a minute. That's fine. Where is everybody? Oh wait, I gotta start the stream because Murph, Murph could be listening in. <laughs> Murphy, remember that show, Murphy Brown? Yeah, <laughs> I, you, you watched Murphy Brown, didn't you? I did not. Oh, I, 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 I could see you as you as a Murphy Brown watcher. What do you watch on TV? Do you watch TV? Uh, this this stuff I download. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Does your wife watch the stuff you download with you? Oh, oh, she she wants me. She asked me to download stuff. Oh, that's how. So it's not you watch what you download. You watch what your wife asks you to download. Nah, I get to watch some stuff too, but usually by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that's too much. I, uh, like okay, so what's the big difference between what you like and what your wife likes? Uh, she doesn't like anything in space. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that that closes but, off a lot of avenues. Yeah, yeah, but but she she did want to see Godzilla, but couldn't go. So me and my youngest daughter. <gasps> what happened? I, she just she just couldn't go. I, I can't remember exactly. There was a reason that she couldn't go, but uh, I can't even remember, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't bother you that much, right? Is that what you're saying? She didn't want to see it that bad. Oh. But, but then you came good. home and told her how awesome it was, and now she wants to go, right? Yeah, well, she was already in bed. I told her the next day. She, she's fine. <laughs> she didn't want to see it that bad. <laughs> I don't think Joel's going to be here this week. Well... He said he said he wasn't going to be. He probably because he's with his, with his dad. Yeah. So we'll we'll put on a little something to remind us of Joel. Murph's here though. That's all that matters. Drinking and driving. That's that's so nice of you, Dad. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Murph. Merry Christmas, gentlemen.
Merry Christmas. Oh, you know what? Murph, I was going to say something to you. Hold on. You know what? Let me start the show. This will just, and I'll tell you something. This could pertain to you, Murph. I, I may be in and out on the show, so don't be surprised if I vanish. You better not vanish before I tell you what I'm going to tell you, but I have to. <laughs> if you, if you no, vanish, no, I'll stick around for that. Okay, okay. <laughs>